Alright, buddy. Okay, buddy, you too. Ten. Okay, love you too, buddy. Mitchell rolling tonight? You're supposed to be here tomorrow. You're early. Oh, and uh, Emily says, thank you, Mitchell. For the soda. Hey, speaking of, will you bring my juice over here? Did you love me? Big juice guy. Big juice guy. Diet cranberry juice. Because we don't want all the extra sugars. It's good for the soul. I don't care what anybody says about it either. Oh, Mitch says, uh, no work tomorrow. Oh, I guess that's true. You don't have to work tomorrow. You can stay up late and be all wild, right? I knew I should have made you stay and podcast with me. Yeah, Randy, we can do something soon. Goodness, I'm going to tell you something. Actually, I guess I need to try and save what topics I do have. <laughs> right? <laughs> Brian wants to know. Yeah, okay. That's okay. We're, sorry. God, I'm squirrel. I'm falling apart here tonight. No, I'm not all right, actually. Got to find something to write on, right? Well, I put a, a header at the top <laughs> that says, help, need topics. <laughs> what? Oh. What's up, John? How you doing? Uh, yeah, Randy, I plan on watching some softball this weekend. My son's got a track meet on Saturday. So I'm going to go do that thing. Might be some vlog material. Even though there's no softball, right? Do we do we do we want to watch vlogs with no softball? That's that's a, that's not a thinking out loud. That's like, a, would that be interesting? Still, he's got a track meet. There's a badass pizzeria over there, and then maybe some bowling. Pie. Pie. Oh oh, I'm an idiot because I forgot about the rolling pin. There's pie. Brian says no, yeah. Brian just says no because uh, there's bullying involved. That's all the reason he's saying no. So, Adam, you say in the 240s that the Louisvilles aren't the best 240s out. Tell me tell me why. Are, are we going to do this tonight? Are you calling into the show tonight? Because I got to hear this. 
going strictly from a performance standpoint, they're hard to beat. I mean, see, that's the thing. I, I you know, I said that in our group chat the other night. I, I can't get into that. Uh, I'm gonna put that on the topics thing here. Um, yeah, Randy, I got a voltage. Swung it last night. I'm gonna get that stuff knocked out really soon. We've got bats running out of our ears at the BP Hero household. Yes, yeah, so it's it's a it's a line. Screw it. I'm going to talk about it. We're not going to be too long tonight anyway. Um, just on the tens grind, not getting a whole lot of sleep. <laughs> just got stuff happening off the field. So screw it. We're going to talk about it. it. It will be somewhat of a short podcast, so I might as well just go ahead and get started instead of sitting around rambling, waiting for everybody to get here. Um, why is Louisville so good? What? Sorry, I, we have to get to the meat and potatoes of the podcast. Emily. <laughs> She's done, she says. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to set up a microphone and just like, if you've got something to say, you can just come by and say it and then just keep walking. Yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So why are the Louisvilles so good in the 240 space? <clears throat> Maybe we should have someone come on and kind of like explain that to us. I don't really know, but just to put this in perspective, I'm not trying to give away too much of the reviews here. So we swung the Easton thing, started at like 270 compression, and ended around 245-ish. It was kind of, you know, a lot of start, which is to be expected, right? It's a brand new bat. And within, so we put around 100 swings on it, and it was, I think it was a little more. It's probably about 100, 120 or so. And about those last 30 swings, like, the sound had changed. It was starting to hit really well. Like, damn, this thing is nice, right? And we put it on the tester thinking, like, you know, like, how is it breaking in? Because we were honestly kind of wondering because it was starting to sound really good. I've, I've, I've had this kind of, like, tinfoil hat theory for a few years now that alloy handles make bats sound really, really, really good. Like the uh, Mike and Freak PT, uh, that was the the black and pink one that had an alloy handle on it. Bat sounded absolutely ridiculous. Now, here's the deal. It wasn't any better than whatever its counterpart was that had a composite handle that year. But the sound alone made you think it was. It was just insane sound out of it. And I know it all has to do with, uh, not to get like too sciencey or anything, but think of it like a tuning fork, right? Um, if it's, if it's, if, uh, sorry, not a tuning fork, like a wind chime. So if wind chimes, they're made out of different materials, different thicknesses, different lengths. Even having two of the same thing with the same wall thickness that are two different materials will produce a different sound, right? What's no different with the handle of a bat? whatever reason, the alloy handles seem to produce a, a just a crazy sound with some bats. And the thing was one of them. It sounded just absolutely ridiculous. It, I hope I haven't had a chance to go back and look at the video yet, but I do genuinely hope that 
it did a good job of capturing the sound that, that it was producing. But the flip side of that is it sounded better than it hit, and it didn't hit bad. It, it was good. It's going to be a, a, a got to have it in the bag bad, it, for sure, especially if you're an Easton guy, and even in general. Like It, it, run, it reminded me almost identical to the DeMarini Stadium. And guys, I'm telling you now, um, the hype is going to catch on with the DeMarini Stadium. You grab one and be ahead of the curve before the prices go up. What a bat. <laughs> they, they take a minute to get going. There's there's no question about that. I can't even sit here and try and uh, sugarcoat that or deny that or uh, make it sound any different. But the the DeMarini Stadium is no joke if you got the time to break one in. But <clears throat> circling back, because I'm really going to get distracted when I don't have like a set list of topics. So the Easton thing is like 245 and like it's good, right? We're thinking like, hey, this thing is nice. Not just blowing our socks off, but I could game this and feel confident. Then we get the voltage out. Brand new in the wrapper, two ninety nine on the tester, and it like within ten swings is already out distancing the Easton. That's had a hundred swings put on it with nothing but hard stuff, BP rockets and pro M's and all that stuff. We we. We hit all the Rockets, and then we hit all the Pro-Ms and 44s. And the Louisville is just flat out better. I, I just I don't know what else to say, how to say it. And I don't understand how they test so high but hit so well. It, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. And the other side of the Louisvilles that I'm a huge proponent of in the 240 space, that is, is this the forgiveness you could literally hold the... I know I say this all the time, but I'm, I'm being, like, dead serious. You could hold the handle... Or sorry, you, I, and I do that every time, too. You could hold the barrel of the bat in your hands, hit one with a knob, and it'd still go because you found a way to hit the sweet spot. It's just insane. I don't understand how all these other 240 bats, and I shouldn't say all of them, but a majority of them, keep you honest. You can't kind of cheat on a swing. You can't... You know, kind of muscle up on something. You can't... It, it does not reward free swingers unless you are just an absolute freak when it comes to ball striking. But something about the Louisville just is just next level. You can hit whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You can hit for power. You can hit for, for control. Because you just... You can't miss. The whole thing is, is usable... And it's not like the 13-inch barrel, there's like one spot that's like really, really good. And then the rest of it is is just so-so. It's good from start to finish. It's it's wild. And I don't mean to sound so full of praise. And no, I'm not, you know, hyping this up because uh, Louisville's, uh, sorry, Headbanger has the exclusive Louisville's right now. It's just dead-ass facts, man. Like, I invite, maybe I'll do that before... We start dealing all this stuff off. Uh, I, I would just about invite people to come out and hit with all these bats we got and try and show me a bat that's going to be better than the Louisville. The DeMarini Stadium gave it a hell of a run for its money. And the main reason, if you've seen the video, the main reason I didn't put the DeMarini Stadium in the no question the best category 
is because there there is a break in curve there. Like you you have to break it in. I know there was people saying, "Oh, it's hitting well out of the wrapper." And it, it might have been, but if I have to swing a Louisville out of the wrapper or a Demarini Stadium out of the wrapper, no question. Now, flip side, give me a stadium with 500 swings on it. I I probably would consider swinging that over Louisville. Like no no crap. But you got to get it there, right? And not a lot of people want to do that. Not a lot of people don't have the patience to break something in. A lot of people want the hottest bat. They want it right now. They don't want to wait. It's it's do or die, now or never. So it makes it hard. But it also comes with the territory of durability and hide out of the wrapper. Because I, I, I wouldn't say that... Louisville's flaw would be durability. Yes, the the paint is cracking and peeling off and whatever. But I don't necessarily consider that a durability issue. Because even with the paint and stuff peeling off of them, do they still hit? Like, that's that's the other thing that kind of gets me is, you know, I've shown the video several different times, so I'm not even going to pull it up now. But I had a Lady Genesis last year that just looked atrocious. I mean, looked like it was just unraveling with every swing. But it was just hitting rockets. I mean, just absolute rockets. So it, it looks bad. It looks terrible. Yes, there is the argument of, you know, would an umpire allow that? Be honest with yourself. If you're playing D or down, unless you've just got absolute just freaks for umpires, more than likely you're going to get away with some paint seams. I don't understand, and it frustrates me, this day and age of everybody on social media needing to freak out because something's wrong with a bat. Right? They, oh my gosh, you know, this this bat's got a little seam in it, or, you know, they didn't show pictures of this when they sent me this bat. I'm not saying that there's stuff that doesn't happen in, in... I'm I'm a freak when it comes to looking at bats before I send them out. I just because I don't want that stuff to come back on me, and I I feel like I've got a pretty good eye for catching a lot of stuff. But at the same time, like we'll see a scratch in a bat, and like is this a crack? And making a big stink out of this, or you know, not even like asking for opinions or anything. People just immediately say, "Hey, this bat's cracked." Well, it turns out it's just a scratch, and it's not even like the right way. Maybe maybe that's a, a video to kind of discuss. Like, what does a crack look like? What's bad? What's good? How can you tell what's painted and what's not? But I'm telling you, it's just that outer layers of composite. And no, I'm not. I'm not saying that makes it right. Okay, I'm not saying it makes it right that the Louisvilles do that. In, in my, if you want my my dead honest opinion, it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous that Louisville puts out a product that that they like they know is going to do that. There is no way, there's not a chance in hell you're going to convince me that they didn't have this happen with the bats that they were testing before they released them. There's not a chance. There's absolutely no chance that they didn't know this was an issue and let them go anyway. But if it's not bad enough and people get to picking at it and, and messing with it too, that that does not help because it's kind of one of those things like once you start messing with it, it's just going to get worse, right? So 
that I, I, I reached out to a couple of sources, you know, kind of ask like, hey, is stuff like this, like, is it allowed in the conference? Because there's a lot of Louisville's in the conference right now. And let's be honest, I'm not saying that you don't see 240s in other places, but the majority of the places you're going to see the 240s, especially being highly regulated, is in the conference. And sources said, yeah, it's fine. Like, they they still pass, they still do their thing, but, you know, it, it, it is kind of crazy seeing some of these guys mow through these things. I haven't seen durability issues with the bat itself breaking in its entirety. I know some people have ran into the issue. I even think um, another content creator had that issue, but I haven't seen any of that. Like, I know that that was kind of a thing with, what was it, the 2018... 2017, 2018, whatever year it was, uh, for the Blue Lloyd, right? Because I was a big fan of those. There were people saying those were breaking early. But, dude, I know some guys that have had those since they came out, and they're just rocket launchers, still surviving. But I, I don't think you can get away with calling Louisville's paint issues, sorry, paint, uh, outer layer composite issues durability. I don't think you can get away with calling that a durability issue. I just don't. At some point, like I said, we've, we've got just an absolute mess of bats right now that we've got to get through. But if we ever do get caught up, I would like to potentially get a Louisville and put like two to 300 swings on it exclusively with 52s and see if that helps. And it, yes, it's ridiculous. You shouldn't have to do that. I, I, again, understand. But just for experimentation-wise, does it help? And I kind of wonder Louisville being like Canadian-based now, a lot of those guys hit 52s up there. Are they not having these issues as bad because they just hit 52s up there? That's kind of something else that crossed my mind a little bit. But either way, you've got guys here in the States testing. You've got your factory hitters. You've got your your people down here swinging. I mean, obviously, they, they saw what was happening last year, right? There's there's no way they didn't. So it, it does make me wonder because if I'm going way back here for a minute, was it starting in 20? I do believe it was 2012, but I can't remember for sure. The first ones I, I remember doing it for a fact was the uh, 2013 Easton's, the ASA models, because it was a big stink back then. It's just the the way the composite is, uh, is designed, the way the bat's designed, the way the composite is layered. I don't, with confidence, know the science behind what's going to dictate what layers lay which way or how many layers do this or that. But the... 2013, 2014, and 2015, and maybe the 16s as well. Yes, the 16s as well. All of their ASA stuff was really prone to what we called spiraling at the time. Cracks in a bat usually run a specific way. They usually run from high right to low left. That's when you know you're in trouble, when you're seeing those. So... The spiraling would run the other way. And when the spiraling would show up, everybody's all freaking out. 
oh my gosh, my bat's broke. It's cracked. The umpires won't let me use it. This and that and carry on. Again, believing that probably is the thing to a certain extent. But you got to imagine that at a certain point, if the umpires are understanding this is the nature of the bat, they allow it, right? Within reason, of course. But these bats, you know, because it's in Easton, and everybody they're known for their durability. And ASA was just kind of starting to transition into the 52, so a lot of places are still hitting 44s. They're buying these bats, they're starting to spiral up, right? So I got one. It was a Border Battle L4, to be exact. If I could find another one of those in a 27.5, I'd almost buy it just for nostalgia purposes. I love that bat. I got one, and it was just kind of like when I was, it was back in the day, I was just dedicated to the grind, kind of like it was when my swing started to kind of progress from, trust me, it's still not good now, so don't don't take this as a, you know, whatever. But it was starting to progress from, like, decent to hey sometimes I can hit and not be my own worst enemy I can start to generate a little bit of power I can kind of start to hit a little bit I kind of feel like I know what I'm starting to, you know I know what I'm doing so I'm going out hitting all the time and hitting this thing with 52s put two to three hundred swings on it with 52s and I noticed there was no spiraling so I was like well let's see what happens if I hit some hard stuff and a majority of that bat's life when I had it, I had I got almost close to 3,000 swings out of that bat. And 95% of it was with 44 400s, BP rockets, and 44 575s. And it had the smallest spiral on it that showed up after about 2,500 swings. I'm talking itty-bitty, under an inch. Bought another one. And thought, you know what the hell, let's see what this one does. Maybe it's just this bat. So I just started hitting the hard stuff with it. 50 swings, spiraled. So I think the idea behind it is the 52s kind of loosen up the outer layers of the composite, kind of get them stretched out, get them moving, get them broke down a little bit without just absolutely destroying them, right? Now think of it like in terms of, of you do that around a whole barrel, get everything kind of smooth and loosened up, and then start hitting it with the hard stuff. I think that's what we need to try and do with the Louisvilles. I really do. But until I can get the chance to do that, I can't know for sure. But the Louisvilles are just hard to beat. I guess pick and choose your battles. Know where you can and can't. If you're going to play somewhere that's going to highly regulate bats, get something like a, a D-Marini Foo Dog or a Mikan KP-23 or maybe even a Suncoast or a Pure, the Pure NDM 1-2. One and two are both sick. I haven't swung the three yet, but I would like to very soon. There's still other good 240s out there. Just know that if you can swing a Louisville and you're not, you're at a disadvantage. Bottom line. Absolute bottom line. And you know, I was talking at work. Squirrel moment here. Was talking at work, and you know, someone kind of overheard me talking about um, in slow pitch. It was somebody that was unfamiliar with the sport. You know, in slow pitch, you usually don't, you know, hit at the pitcher, right? It's kind of the unsung rule in the league. Like, unless you just feel like being a dick, you don't go out targeting pitchers. You try to stay out of the middle, and that kind of thing. And I kind of, it was weird to kind of explain, like I said, it's kind of one of those unsung rules, right? 
So I'm trying to explain this to this person. It's like, oh yeah, and you know, if if a team gets mad, that's the first thing they do. You know, they they just start trying to hit at the other team's pitcher. And he goes, well, I just want to fight him. Then it kind of got me thinking. Like, do we resort to hitting pitchers because they're too scared to fight? It's like a way of taking a cheap shot, right? Because if you can hit a ball hard and you're hitting a guy that, even if you can field, right? Bats are so freaking hot these days. If you do dot somebody, oh, sorry, we're just playing the game. I have heard of instances where um, uh, charges of assault were pressed because there was uh, intent given out, you know, what do you, what's, what's the word you want to use? Basically, there was intent behind causing harm, and then harm was caused. I don't know if that ever stands in court. My wife works for a law firm. Maybe I can try and figure that out, right? Just for for sake of curiosity. But it got me thinking. You know, if you show up to a field ready to just blast some pitcher because he looked at you wrong one day or he made you mad. If you're not just going to go out there and just jack the dude in the jaw, don't be a bitch. I don't like that guy. I'm just going to hit him. Why don't you like him? He's just a douche. Well, then go fucking hit him. Don't go hit softballs at him when he's damn near defenseless. When you're hitting 44s in 40 degree weather. Or you're playing on a field that's got a baseball mound and the pitcher can't move back without making himself a bigger target. You know? Tony cause and effect. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just kind of got to thinking about that. You know, I mean, this guy's right. If you're, if you're, if you're trying to hit a pitcher, literally just go out there and hit him. Don't be a chump. It's almost like a coward's move, right? I don't know. Something to think about. Like I said, this is the, this is a random podcast. I'm ready for the next topic. So somebody better fire away with something. And yes, Jason, you're right. Firing is a whole different set of er, fighting is a whole different set of charges. You're correct. But if you're that dedicated to causing harm to someone that you're trying to hit them with a batted ball, like again, it just it almost seems like a cheap shot, right? I don't know. stuff oh so Mike Reyes wants to know uh, the Onyx ASA seems to be doing pretty well <clears throat> yeah so the ASA Onyx I, I'm not going to get too far into that because I don't want to spoil the video and there's a, a lot of other details that go into it all I'm going to say is this community is insane you guys are awesome every last one of you we got an Onyx some stuff happened, and we ended up with another one before we could even say anything about it. You know, I shouldn't say say anything about it, but before we could even decide what we wanted to do, there was already another one on the way. You'll see in the video. I'll be posting it very soon. But the Onyx stuff did seem good. We swung the Battleground. I'm not 100% certain what all models they have or what's what or anything else. We swung the Onyx Battleground in a 25.5. 
the weight did get to me a little bit. Not gonna lie, I'm just I'm not not big on the light stuff. You guys know that. But uh, I've also kind of been fighting a little bit of top hand issues. I'm just not used really utilizing my top hand a whole lot. It's kind of aggravating me. And maybe it's from swinging. Because, let's see, this would be two rounds of the 25-5. And there's a couple other light bats kind of sprinkled in there, too. Maybe it's that. I don't know. I don't think it is. I think it's just something with me. and It's, it's like a swing flaw. Maybe we'll do some T-Work reviews, right? But the, the Onyx was good. It was good. It, it wasn't... It wasn't top tier like the Worth Mach 1 Balanced or the Monster or the Anarchy. Like, it wasn't that good. But not very far behind. Again, one of those bats that if, if it's something you're comfortable swinging, the edge and performance you get from stepping up that one more notch is not worth it. If you're comfortable swinging that, don't take yourself out of your comfort zone. Swing away with that. Science. So yeah, the awning stuff seems pretty nice. Mitchell Rowling says, third base is pretty hot tonight. Almost wanted full gear. <laughs> well, yeah, you got everybody all amped up to play. Everybody's yanking stuff down the line. It always does seem like the third baseman stays really busy in league, but go to a tournament and third baseman will get one or two balls a day. Unless you're playing like something where it's unlimited, like everybody, where everybody's just trying to yank a ball down the line, right? There's been times back in the day when I actually used to play third base on the regular. Dude, I'd, I'd get maybe 10 balls a tournament. Because everybody's focused on trying to stay away from the lines. Uh, you know, you probably push them backside, trying to hit a gap, trying to hit a ball in the air. So you just don't see a whole lot over there. Sometimes you get caught sleeping over there, too. Tony's first night back in the league as well. Two games. Hurting is an understatement. Well, one thing's for sure, you didn't have any sleeves on your shirt, so I know you got cold as well. After cutting glass. Out there cutting glass. Bench is cleared at the Cardinals game today. So, <laughs> it was kind of funny. Maybe it's the same thing. Maybe throwing at batters in retaliation is the same thing as hitting a pitcher. It's everywhere. Don't get me wrong. Don't misunderstand me when I'm saying that stuff. Because it's everywhere. Everybody's got their own little ways of taking cheap shots. But um, one of their players got one of the Mets players got hit, hit the ankle. He he had to come out of the game. Couldn't hardly walk. Then next inning, Arenado gets one head high, and just I mean, it didn't hit him. It it whizzed by his eyebrows. And he just immediately started barking. Like, good for you, big dog. Like, you know the bullshit. You knew like, you knew it was coming. And it's kind of like, uh, was it John Boy Media did a video on this. If you guys don't watch John Boy Media, you absolutely have to. You absolutely have to watch John Boy Media. So, there was a, a squabble. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to use the right words here. A squabble going on between the Bruges and somebody. And Andrew McCutcheon's up there. And just threw all around him. I think they ended up going 2-0 before they finally hit him. But it was a pitch head high, then a pitch at his knees. It was kind of inside. 
And then maybe the next one hitting him, I can't remember. John Boy broke it down. J-O-M-B-O-Y media. But it's just like, if you're going to do it, just do it and get it over with. Don't, don't flirt with the strike zone and then dot the guy two pitches later. Because he's getting comfortable. He's getting ready to dig in. Like, that's kind of even more of a cheap shot, really, right? In, in terms of baseball, like, this man is trying to figure out if he's getting thrown at. Sees two pitches close to the zone, so you get comfortable, kind of get focused and digging in and ready to hit, leave yourself maybe a little bit vulnerable. And next thing you know, you're getting hit. His, his biggest complaint, he's like, he did not care that he got hit. It's just be direct and do it and get it over with. Hit McCutcheon on the third pitch, yes. Yeah, just just do it and get it over with. And he's right. Don't don't pussyfoot around. Don't mess around with it. Just do it. Get it over with and move on. And, uh, yeah, Mike Reyes says throwing it. Uh, Arenado's head was the issue. Yeah, it is the issue. And I don't know why it seems like more players are getting hit in the head these days, especially when stuff like this arises. Tensions are getting high and, and guys are getting pissed off and we just start going for heads. Kind of discouraging. Like plunk someone in the ribs and move on. Plunk someone in the thigh and move on. We can't do that. Whatever. Uh, Jason Hernan wants to know, uh, how many bats do you keep in your bag for games and how many do you swing that day? If I didn't have an absolute disaster behind me right now, uh, I would go get uh, my ball bag and show you just what I got in there. So right now, I have in my bag four gamers. Sorry, I have it on my bag for gaming purposes. Four gamers makes it sound like I have four game bats. Um, I have a 28-ounce Mike and Freak 30 2015, the OG of the OG. None of that reissue crap. We're OG. Got one of those. I'm probably never going to swing that thing. Like Every time I swing it, I'm like, man, it feels like I'm killing a unicorn. Just like a slow, painful death. I love that bat. I, I love it so much, but I just can't bring myself to swing it unless we're hitting 52s. And it's insane when we do that, by the way. So I've got that. I don't hardly ever swing it. My gamer for the year will be uh, a Mike and Envious and a 27 ounce. Just trying to give the headbanger love, right? Because uh, one short brown mic is good. Damn near they're all good besides the blue and yellow KP23. Because that was some mid-loaded trash. So I've got that. That's what I'll be gaming for the year. And then I do still have that old D2E Psycho kicking around in my bag. Every once in a great while, if I just feel like absolute crap at the plate, uh, I'll, I'll still dig that thing out. And swing it just because it's it's super hot the big end load always benefits me it's a big barrel and you just can't miss with it I do think it's days are legitimately numbered it's got a humongous I don't even know how to explain it a paint seam would be a compliment to how this thing looks going down one whole side of it so I've just been hitting on the other side it's just insane but I usually don't dig it out I like to try and stay smooth and, and control myself a little bit so I'll swing something like a short barrel. I know I did gain that cycle most of the year last year. But kind of one of the big things that if you know me at all, you know, I'm not big on spending money on bats. The cycle is what I had. The cycle was hot. Again, because I'm not going to swing the Freak 30 because I'm just scared to break it. <laughs> so I, I did swing the cycle majority of the year last year. But now that we're back into softball that matters, right, where we're 
playing a little more of a competitive team this year, trying to get myself every edge that I can. I will be swinging a short barrel, and it'll be the uh, Mike and Envious. Got the D2E Psycho as the bad day backup. If something does happen to the Envious, we got the 28-ounce Freak 30. And then the only other bat in my bag is a 27-ounce Easton L5 from the year of 2013. And that thing is strictly nothing but a BP bat. If you learn how to hit a sweet spot on that bat, you can hit a sweet spot on any bat in the world. It's got... I got that... I think I gave like 30 bucks for that thing. And put probably 2,000 swings on it, all in the cold. And, dude, it's it's good from a standpoint of as long as you're striking well, it's it's a decent bat to swing. But if you're not and you're hitting a hard ball, forget about it and wear two pairs of batting gloves. But I keep it in the bag because you never know when you might need to get some BP swings in or, or who knows what situation might arise, but I always try and keep it in the bag. Since I don't BP my own bats during the year usually, I usually swing it in the wintertime when we're cage balling or anything like that because there's no point in wasting a good bat hitting in a cage. I, I'll never understand. Sure, I get wanting to like maybe get a bat broke in and kind of loosen up a little bit, but I'll never understand guys swinging their gamers or $300 bats or whatever else in an indoor cage other than just pure enjoyment. It almost feels like wiping your ass with a $100 bill. Like you're just doing it because you can. Why waste it, right? Quick one more, and then we're going to call this thing a wrap because I'm freaking tired. <clears throat> How much BP per week do you do for yourself and not for content? To be honest, Jason, <laughs> not much. <laughs> I, like I, we try and make a dual purpose, right? So we're still out there working. That's that's why, um, you know, obviously everybody knows the the big channel. It's all about hitting bombs, right? How far can you hit it? How far can you hit the next one? We only hit bombs on this channel, but like that's not me. I, I can't do that. I don't have the time to go out and take a bunch of swings and try and hit a bunch of home runs for a video and then turn around and try to take some serious BP. I don't have time for that. So we try and incorporate, especially the bats that we know are something that we're comfortable with. We try and incorporate swings that we would take in a game with those bats. And that does two things that kind of keeps you honest in terms of you're always swinging something that's kind of good. You know, it depends on the bat, obviously. But most of the time you're not swinging, you know, your your gamer that might be testing 190. You're swinging a bat that's testing 240, 250, 260. So it's going to keep you honest. You can't cheat on your swings, especially with the 240s. It's going to keep you honest. It's going to make you take a good swing. It's going to keep you locked in. So when you switch back to your gamer that's testing however low, 190, whatever, dude, you're, you're going to hit, and you're going to hit well. So the bat's that fit the stuff that we like to swing. We usually just try and apply whatever we want to work on, whether it be hitting gaps, whether it be my big thing lately has been uh, trying to pull the line without hitting it down. Kind of fighting this top hand issue that I was kind of talking about. I'm just, I'm just literally not using my top hand at all. If it's a pitch chest high or above, like 
th- th- my swing looks terrible. It really does. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. But trying to pull a ball down the line and keep it up, keep it off the ground, because kind of something with the the natural downward swing that I have. I've tried for years to get rid of it, and I just can't. It, it's just kind of part of me. Depends on the pitch that I swing in, the situations that I'm in. But obviously, if you've seen the videos, you know, like we're we're just kind of on the downswing train, right? We're we're it's it's not even with intention to cut. It just kind of happened, and I can't get rid of it. I wish I could. I wish for the life of me that I could never swing with a downward plane ever again in my life. But it's not going to happen. It's just too far burned in now. But I'm, I'm trying to work on getting the ball up, going down the line hitting it in the air. Like, I don't even care if it goes out. I just need it off the ground. Because if there's a situation where I've got a runner on first or anywhere that I need to try and keep a ball off the ground and i got a pitch I have to pull, i got to be able to trust myself to not just beat it into the ground, especially like the like the lower, like, mid-thigh pitch, mid-thigh and down pitch that I have to swing at sometimes. i got to find a way to get that up. So, like, we'll find ways to incorporate things we're working on as we go. And another thing that Brian and I really like to do that can benefit you with any bat you're swinging is we'll do just like game at bats. If if we have a third person, uh, a lot of the times we'll have that third person just be a catcher and you just hit with a count. If you got, you know, if you got the time to do it, that is you just hit with a count. Like it's a one, one count to start, you know, calling balls and strikes, that kind of thing. And then you're thinking about your runners as you get hits, right? If you hit a ball into the gap, you got a runner on second. If you took a walk, then you've got a runner on first. Hit behind the runner. Like, do things to give yourself game situations, and you can do that with damn near any bat, right? And kind of the other unique thing that Brian and I talked about not too long ago is if it's a bat that's not even in your comfort zone, it's not up your alley, it's not something you do swing a lot, learning how to swing and apply your swing to be effective with that bat can also benefit you in the long run of teaching you how to swing with whatever's in your hands, right? So it's it's twofold. But as far as swinging just for swings and not content, honestly, we don't do it very often, but it's it's fun. Brian and I enjoy uh, grinding for the content, doing all that stuff. It, it's it's fun to us. Yes, we, we would still go out and hit, and I'd get my L5 out, and we would just hit till our arms fell off. But we're dedicated to the grind. We like swinging the new stuff. We like filming the stuff and getting the reviews out. So that's that's fun to us. It's almost like it's a job. And Brian and I both kind of understand that. He's, he's Man, he's been a huge help over the years. And there's been a lot of other people that have as well. And you, you kind of understand at a certain point, it, it is a job. No question about it. Uh, Mike, no peer in the bag, no. Uh, simply from standpoint of what's in the budget right now. Um, I, I, I didn't give, let's see, I gave 60 bucks for the D2E Psycho. That's a long story for another day. Uh, I gave 120 for that Envious from a good friend. And then the Freak 30 I got from uh, one of my really good friends for like 100 bucks, I think. So it's, it's just, I don't carry around a bunch of bats. I'm just carrying what I'm going to game. I have peers. I have, uh, what, five peers in my closet, I think. So there, I have them. I, I just trying to keep what I want to cover with in the bag. And my other big thing, if I ever get off my ass and get around to, like, hitting tips with the BP Hero, the one big thing I'll tell you 
is don't have a variety of bats in your bag. Just don't. Don't do it. Because that's all that's going to do is make you go switch bats and mess around with stuff. And, and I'm not hitting well. I need to swing a balanced bat now. Or um, we're not, we don't have any home runs. I need to swing this. Or we need a home run. I got to swing that. You're screwing yourself. You should have nothing in your bag bes- like besides a certain set of specs. Every bat in my bag is inloaded short barrels besides that psycho and just the psychos was like a, a NOG love, a love from day one kind of thing. But that's, that's a big takeaway from, from kind of some of that discussion is just keeping your bag, what you would normally swing. Cause it's going to keep you from going and switching bats, messing you up worse, digging the hole deeper. There's some people that can just hit with whatever you put in their hands. But if we're looking for consistency, we're not going to get it bouncing around in weights you know, I've seen guys with 25 balanced and 28 inloads in the same bag, and they'll swing them in the same game and get mad and pissed off and throw them around and, and blame the bats, but that's that's not the play. Just stick with one bat. I don't care if you put four of the same bat in your bag. If you're swinging a bunch of different bats, you'll never find consistency. And yes, I understand I'm talking about swinging bats that aren't mine all the time in all these videos. And yes, it does affect my consistency. No question about it. But you know, it's all in the name of content, right? Let's see. So Jason says, we do a game called 3-2-1. Uh, three points for hitting the fence in the air. Two points for a home run. And one point for base hit. You get 10 swings. I like that. I like that. That's actually pretty good. I might have to implement that. I'm going to screenshot that. I really like that. That's a, that, that's a hell of an idea. Just something to give you incentive to swing. Cause that's the other thing with, uh, the, the hit and the strikes drill that we do is it's to give you reason to swing, right? I, I am just as guilty as the next guy of here comes a pitch it's close. Just swing at it. That's another way to kind of get yourself into a lull. You get way too complacent. If you think about, and I don't mean like overthink, but if you take a swing with a purpose, you're thinking about the swing you're taking, then your mind immediately goes to way better pitch selection. It's like if you just go up there and think, all right, hit one down the right field line, and you do it with whatever pitch is coming, you might get a good pitch, you might not. If you put yourself in a situation to say, I need to hit the right field line and wait for the pitch to do it, guess what? It's going to feel natural when you do it in a game. you got to find ways to set yourself up in BP. Bottom line. But kids, listen. Dad's tired. I'm going to bed. Thanks for stopping in and checking it out. I'm going to get this whole Spotify situation resurrected here soon. I've been lacking on uploading these up there. I'm going to get them all just put up at once and then kind of get myself a little system in place to get them over to Spotify and Apple potentially the Thursday morning after the podcast. It's all going to kind of depend. We'll have to kind of mess with it and see. But working on that, I know I've been slacking. But nonetheless, thanks for stopping in and checking it out. Thanks for stopping in and hanging out for the random podcast. Swing hard in case you hit it. BP here. Catch you next time.